we are in uh, week two um, of our series at the movies. And um, if you want to jump ahead for next week, I'm going to talk about today. But next week we're, we're showing Martian, the movie Martian. If you haven't anybody seen that movie. Um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a good movie, and I'm gonna watch it again this week, and I'm gonna pack some things that I think God would have for us to learn from that storyline. Um, but today uh, we are gonna be in a, in a movie um, called Selma. Anybody has seen the movie Selma? anybody, anybody seen that? Yeah, you, get with the program, you guys. Um, you can go you can go and watch it. It would be good for you uh, to 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 watch it. Um, I, uh, we live in such a world, um, Selma is probably a, a, time, a timely movie uh, for our country, and uh, it's timely probably for us as, as, as a nation, um, but I, I realized this, I've been, I, feel like I was telling Stefan this week as I was getting my hair, I feel like I've been in, in uh, history, all, been, I've been learning history all, all week long um, about um, the 60s and, and what happened in, in segregation. I've been learning so many things just this past week that I that I, that I didn't know that I, that I was learning about, and Stefan and I were talking about those things um, this week. But this, the movie uh, Selma is around an area in Alabama called Selma, Alabama, and uh, the, 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 major, um, the major character in this, in this movie, in, in this time period, um, is, is a guy by the name of Martin Luther King. And you've, if you've seen the movie, you probably at least heard that name, no matter what age group you're in, you've, you've seen that. He's taught in history classes, um, but he's done so much for, for our country as a whole. And uh, the movie is, is, is based around that, but you probably have heard him say, you've heard the, the famous speech, the I have a dream speech. What I love about that speech is when I was studying about him, this was, this was months ago and about, um, about um, public speaking, but when, when Martin Luther King uh, wrote that I have a dream speech, that wasn't in his notes. He wrote that sitting in there, getting ready to walk up there. So much of that speech the night before, they were saying, he was saying he was crossing out stuff. He was crossing out stuff and he was, he was getting up there and some of that stuff he was making notes for, he walked up there and, and gave that great address, that greatest speech um, almost 60 years ago. And he got up there, but he's known for that speech, um, known for that speech that I have a dream speech. And um, in 1963 is when he gave that speech. And then right after that, 1964, the Civil Rights Act of 1964, it ended segregation. And even though it ended segregation by law, there were still a lot of bad things happening all throughout America um, to, to people of color. And so he realizes that the injustices will still be going on. He wants to tackle some of those injustices. And he believed that God put something in his heart to do something um, for, for the people and really for our country as a whole. And, and when I study this, when I look at this, this guy, it's, because, it's guys like men and women like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. that we can sit in a building like this and have church together. And we get to have that, or we, you know, if you if you have a if you have kids, or if you once were a kid, you most of us in here today, you can your your kids actually can play sports with kids of different color, go to school with kids of different color that don't look like you and talk like you and act like you, and they've done so much for our thing. But I also realized this about listen watching this story of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and this little three month battle that we see here at Selma. We also see this that God can use anybody. That God can use anybody, no matter how great, no matter how big or small the, the, the cause is, if you will, God can use anybody. What I, what I see in the movie here is you see that Martin Luther King wasn't a perfect individual. Um, you, his, he had dreams of just being a pastor and speaking and just talking to people about Jesus, but God placed something in his heart to, to, to have an even greater impact even to our nation. Um, but I realize you see some of his humanity in throughout the movie. Does that make sense? You see some of the things where he, his struggles or some of his weaknesses. He wasn't, he didn't live this perfect life. I think lots of we see people in the, in the, in the limelight, we say, oh man, they live, must live a perfect life. Well, we only see the, 
the up here. We only see the speeches. And most of those things we talked about, we see that here. He wasn't a perfect man, but God still used him. And if you're here today and you're thinking, well, man, I, I have a lot of issues, and, or, but I, I just, I, I'm not right in some things, but God wants to use you. And there's a cause that God's want, God wants to put in your heart and see in your heart that he wants to use you for. Um, but I'd like to unpack uh, this movie for you. We're gonna open up with the, with the opening scene. Shortly after, the, um, after Dr. Martin Luther King wins that Nobel Prize, Peace Prize, he hears of this bombing in Selma, and he lives in Atlanta, Georgia, and he gets in there, and I've driven that drive from Atlanta, um, Georgia, over to, Mo, over, to Mo, um, over to Birmingham several times, but he drives 128 miles, it says, to go there to Selma, and those little girls that were killed in that, in that building there, he, that, that, that spurred them. That was like, that's enough. We've got to do something. And a lot of bad things were happening there. So he's like, I, I, I got to go there. I was, I, um, I was realizing, I was talking to um, Stefan about this this week, that my, um, my dad um, and mom used to live in, in, in Mobile. My sister was born in, in Mobile. And I was just kind of thinking like, that was like in 1980, they had my sister. And, um, and I really, that was, this was in the sixties. And so I'm, I was just trying to, trying to picture myself as well. I was talking with Stefan about what that looked like to be in, in that area and what it would be like to even raise even a family there and what all the ramifications that would happen. But in this movie, Dr. Martin Luther King realizes that there had to be something to be done about these, about these injustices. I love what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter three, verse 27, do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it's in your power to help them. Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it's in your power to help it. In a speech that Dr. Martin Luther King um, spoke at a college, he, he gave them this phrase, and if you're taking notes today or if you want to snap a picture of, of this phrase today, but he said this, it's always the right time to do right. It's always the right time to do right. As Christians in here today or, or people even in general, we, we, we live in a, society, in a society today where it doesn't seem like a lot of people are doing what's right. And I think sometimes we don't do the right thing because we're waiting for the right time. It's always the right time to, to do the right thing. And, you know, Martin Luther King could have said, oh man, that's, that's tough what's happening there. That's tough what's happening o- over there, but I, I'm here. I think for you and I, it's easy for us to say, um, it's easy for you and I to say, oh man, I, God's called me to do something, but I'll, someone else will get to it. When they get to it, that's, that's when I'll jump on. But if God's put something in your heart to do something about something, about an injustice or about something that's happening across our city, or maybe it's happening in your home, maybe it's happening to your, at your neighbor's house, or maybe it's happening at your job, it's always the right time to do the right thing. And in this movie, he's gonna do the right thing. He's gonna pursue, he's gonna do his best to, to help these injustices that are happening to people in order to form um, this idea or even unpackage the idea that everyone was created equal the way God designed us. And so he says in here, it's always the right time to do right. Let's take a look at the next video. In that clip there, um, they, I've watched this multiple times, this movie, just kind of get my wrap in my mind, my, 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 my heart around all of this and what would happen. And uh, they led a peaceful protest, and Martin Luther King um, was his all was all about a peaceful protest. That was his that was his goal, and so they went there. and In a lot of the movie, you'll see that they don't have any kind of weapons. They go with just just what they have on them, just, just their persons. When they would get there, you would see here this guy is infamously this Jim Clark guy. There is a is a cop there that was always out. Was a racist cop and was that wasn't anything that was a, was a secret to any of these people, and they kind of depict him through this way in this whole entire movie. But Martin Luther King, his, his goal was to be nonviolent in all these things. And um, they would go and have these protests, and they would go and they would, their goal was to go in to march. And so he would go there and test out the, in that movie, says he's going to go and test out the waters. And one thing I wrote down that I thought was, that was important that is that Martin Luther King, he wanted people to be free everywhere. His goal was for people to have experiences of their freedom everywhere so much that he would risk his own freedom. 
so much that he would risk his, his own freedom to help, to help people. Matthew chapter 6, verse 26 says this, Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in the barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And they aren't, I'm sorry, and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? He says here, and when he's in that prison cell, he's, he's locked up there, and his friends quotes this scripture to him, Matthew chapter 6, and says, God's got a plan for you. God's got your back. And if you're going to do the right thing, which we talked about, well, you got to know this, that, that God's got a plan. God's going God's to work it out. God's going to, God's put something in your heart to do something. We talked about last week about if God's called you to do something, then you got to do it. If God's called you to something, know that God's going to help you do it. If he's putting your mind in your, in your mind, in your heart to do something, he's going to put some things in your hands to help you accomplish the tools that you need to, to do this. And so he could have quit there. It would have been a good time to quit there. You, you would think that, well, we're arrested and our cause our cause is over, but one of the things that we, I want you to know that it's always too soon to quit. It's always too soon to quit. Even in your Christian walk, I think sometimes it's easy to get tired and, and, and give up, or maybe sometimes in your relationship, it's, it's get too tired and, and we give up, or it gets too hard and we give up, or we go through a situation and it looks like it's bleak and things aren't gonna make sense. It's never, ever, 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 ever okay to quit. It's always too soon to quit. It's always too soon as could. I've been saying the same exact thing my whole entire life, but some of you guys that are maybe a little bit older here today, you can remember we, there was a time where you used to have to pump water. And it's only a few of you guys that can remember that. You, you had to pump water. And what happens is you pump water, it would get up to the, the neck, it would begin to pull over. But one of the things that if you, don't, if you quit pumping is that you would lose the pressure. And if you lose the pressure, then the water would go all the way back down to the bottom again. And what would you have to do? You have to begin to, to pump again. And I want to say to you, and I say it's always too soon to quit. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 says this. So let's not get tired of doing what is right. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest, a blessing, if we don't give up. It's always too soon to quit. Let us, he says, let us not get tired of doing what is right. At just the right time, we reap with the harvest of blessing if we don't give up. And here's what I believe as Christians today, so many times that we give up right before the breakthrough. We give up right before the great, uh, the, the great blessing comes through, or we give up, you know, we're, we're gonna be obedient, we're gonna be obedient, and we get tired of being obedient, and we stop, it, we stop being obedient, and then right on the other side of stopping being obedient, the blessing's right there, and we always miss out because we don't stick to it. We, don't, we always quit too soon. I have a, my, my son and my daughter, um, my daughter's playing basketball right now and, and, and we played our first game yesterday and our team is, is not as good as some of the teams that I've coached before, but I realized this, I had to coach. At one point I, I sat down, I was in the third quarter and things were not looking very good. So I sat down, I have an assistant coach and he's standing up right next to me and I'm like, I'm gonna sit down because in my mind, I had quit and I realized I didn't quit, but I, I, I didn't quit, but I, but I was feeling like I was, I was about to quit. And, and I realized this, I got to stand up because I think the parents are looking at me and I slipped the whole entire game. And if you sit down in the third or fourth quarter, it basically, it says either you're up by 20 or you gave up. And I don't want our kids to know that I, that we weren't, it wasn't over. So I got up and I remember, I made sure I coached the rest of that game, the next four, the next eight minutes in the second and the fourth quarter. And then the last few minutes of the third quarter, cause I didn't want to communicate to them that it was okay that I, I don't want them to think that I quit. I grew up in a house where my dad never let me quit, ever, ever, ever. You couldn't say can't, you couldn't say I, I never, but he never let me quit. I wasn't allowed to, I had to keep on going, I had to keep on going, I had to keep on going, because it's always too soon to quit. In this next scene that we're gonna see, let me set it up for, for you guys in a minute. His, his, he, he goes with just a handful of people, and there's two more protests. He, he goes, this next one here, you're gonna see him, he's gonna, he's gonna get a, a bigger group of people and Martin Luther King, he's actually not gonna be at this one. And the reason why he's not at this one is because a, a guy has come to him and said, hey, you don't wanna, don't go to this. They're, they're, 
they're gonna kill you. And, and I've edited a lot of this video out, a lot of this video out there. This is this senior here. I don't want you to think, oh, man, it's gonna be super, super graphic. It, it leads in and we, we cut a bunch of it out. So don't get squirmish on me. And I also would say this to you too. I wanted to show it to you because I think some of us will never ever fathom. None of us will ever be able to picture. Never, none of us will ever be able to experience what happened in the 60s or 70s. And, and I think if you don't look at sometimes where you've been, you'll never ever know how you got to where you're at. Does that make sense? If you never look at the past, you'll never know how you got to, to, to where you're at today. And so I think we'll, we'll in, in, our, in our country, we have the freedom to sit here together and talk about Jesus, uh, again, because of guys like um, men and women like uh, Dr. King. Let's take a look at this third clip. In that movie, in that clip there, we see here, it was, it was I was watching that, and I was like, man, this is intense, Wes. <laughs> so she said to me, this is intense, and, and I agree with her. It was intense. It was a, it was a tough time for our country. And, and, um, but I realized this, that Martin Luther King, he, he, st- he stuck with the course. He, he, knew it was the right, he knew what the right thing was, and he, and he knew that it, wasn't, it was never too soon to quit. But I love that it makes a turn. Uh, that I'm excited about the next clip, but it makes a turn for the better because he basically says here, we need everybody. And I, he, he write down this phrase or take a picture of this, if you will. We are better together. We are better together. As I was writing my notes this week for this, for this concept or for this idea, we are better together. I think sometimes, I think for some people, and maybe even sometimes in this church, I think maybe you might get sick of me hearing that, hearing that phrase, we are better together. I think for some people, they're like, man, I'm just, I'm so sick of the whole, I think some people think this, and this is just me, like, I think some people are so sick of this, or maybe, I mean, this guy, he really beats that whole thing about, hey, we are, we're better together, and, and the reason why I do that is because I've, I've lived long enough to know, and I've read the Bible, is that it, this thing works, the church works best when we all work together, when we work together. Families work better when they work together. Teams work better when they work together. Families work better. You, relationships work better. Everything works better when we do it together. And that's the way God designed it. God designed us to work together and in harmony with people. And, and in that speech, he says, I'm gonna, I, I want to get everyone to come. And, and you see, we jump to a clip, a guy by the name of um, Reverend James Reeve. He comes and he says, I had to act. I had to, I had to do something. I had to come and help. And he was, he was from Boston. If you, if when you follow the movie, you find out this a guy actually, he, his life was taken because he was there helping um, and he was help advancing this cause with, with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. But hundreds of peaceful protests were beaten, their lives were taken. And Dr. King says, we're better together. We need your help. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 15 says this, see that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. One of the things my parents have always taught me, they didn't package it around 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 5, 5, 15, but we're called to do good to everybody. That's what we're called to do. And I think sometimes it's important for us, I was with our 20-something-year-olds, 20, about 15 of them this past weekend at a, at a house across town, and, and I was telling them that sometimes we, we like to do what's right to people as long as they do what's right to us. But it's, our obli- it's, it's for us as believers and as Christians, we're called to do right to people even if they don't do right to us. Even if we don't think it's, even if we don't think it's, it's fair. I've heard this phrase, my kids hear it too, life's not fair. How many of you guys, your parents ever told you life's not fair? Yeah, you got that. And how many of you guys that have kids and you now say what your parents say? Life's, life's not fair. You know, I'm, life's not fair, suck it up. You know, that's kind of what I tell my kids. And you think that's probably, that's probably a little bit too brash to tell a two and a half year old that. But the point is, I want to make sure he gets it. Like life's, life's not fair. I, I, I don't know. There's only, probably not any of you guys would say, if I walk by any of you guys and say, how many of you guys, everything was handed to you free and you just got it and you just made it, everything went through life was, was super, super easy and you never had to work for anything. Maybe one of you guys would raise your hand, but I doubt even one of you guys raised your hand. Maybe through a season of life, but at this point in life now, you've hit it old enough, you realize that nothing's gonna get, you're not gonna get anything for free. Everything in life takes hard work. It takes perseverance. 
And in this cause here, he says, man, we got to do what's right. This guy says, we need the guns. He goes, no, we're going to do what's right. We're going to do the right thing. It's, we're going to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Whether or not we're done, right, wrong, done wrong to or done right to, we're always going to do the right thing. And I think what's going to change our world in America today is people doing more right. And just a little, just a little thing I want to throw out there for you, for you just, just a little thing I want to give to you. I, want, I, I hope and I pray that everything you put out, everything that you, that you advance, everything that you sign off on, that it's always the right thing. I, I hope that you endorse the right thing. I hope what you put on social media is encouraging and inspiring. I think sometimes it's in our mind, well, I'm just gonna go, I'm gonna go post all the bad things and draw attention to the bad things so that when people see the bad things, they can pick and choose whether or not, whether or not it's right or wrong or why don't we just post all the positive and we post encouraging things and we post inspiring things and people will be able to, ref, people will be able to figure out what you stand for. Does that make sense? Every negative article doesn't have to be shared on Facebook. It doesn't have to. It, 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 if, if you don't post it, eventually people won't see it. And if, you, if, it's, if, it's, if it's negative, it, it can go away. Let people find it for themselves. I told, someone asked me the other day, he's like, hey, do you watch news? I'm like, no, I don't need to watch the news because everybody posts everything I need to see on Facebook. <laughs> like, no need, no need for news, no need for newspaper because I can just go see what everybody else thinks. But it's always, it's, we're always better together. James chapter, four, James chapter four, verse 17 says this, remember, it's a good little word to start off a verse. Remember this, it's, all, it's a sin to know what you ought to do and then not to do it. It's a sin. It's a sin to know what you ought to do and then not to do it. I think a lot of times there's, there's things that we do that we, they're wrong. And there's, we do them things and, and then there's sins. And there's, there's things that we should do, but we don't do those things. And the Bible says that's sin. Like if we know what's right and we don't do what's right, then we're actually sinning. I think sometimes we think of, we list of all the sins that you, that you would list that you would call a sin and, and let's say they're here and, they're, and their list is here and, and I think we, we all, let's say we all agree on them. But then we come over here and we know we ought to do, we ought to do, we ought to do what's right, but we don't, we don't, all these things, we ought to do this, do this, do this, do this, and we don't do any of those things. Well, the Bible says those things, it's like sin. If you know what's right and you don't do it, it's like you're, you're, you're sinning. James says, remember this. Remember this. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other people. James 4, 17, it, it is sin. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not to do it. And as Christians, we're always called to do the right thing. We're always called to be honest in our job, to be obedient in our, in our, in our workplace. It's, we're, always, we're always called to do the right thing. We're always called to be honest. We don't have to pray about whether or not you need to be honest or not. You don't got to pray whether or not to do the right thing or not. Well, if it's the right thing, we got to do the right thing. We don't have to pray about whether or not we need to read our Bible. It's the right thing to do. We don't pray about whether or not we need to serve or give or do anything. It's, it's the right thing to do. We got to do more of the right thing and we got to not quit. We got to keep on going. And we have to know that we're better together. I need you guys. And guess what? You need me. I need you guys. I, I spent a lot of time um, with, uh, I was talking with Matt and Witt this week and it took me tubing this week. My kids were crying. You saw the picture. I, this is a good illustration about the highlight reel versus what happens behind scenes. I'm on this tube with my two kids and, and they're old enough. And, and on the way in, I'm in the car and they say, are there alligators in the lake? And I do what any good dad would do in Florida. I said, no, there's no alligators in the lake. My kids walk in the house and they go, Mr. Matt, are there any alligators? Like, yeah. He's like, there's just one small one. <laughs> I'm like, thanks. You make me look like a liar. Um, and, uh, and so I'm on this tube my, the, and there, it starts to get a little bit rocky because life sometimes gets a little bit rocky. And I'm like, they don't like this, you know, and Matt can see they don't like it. So he goes faster, you know? And so he's like, Wes will deal with it. And so we're out there, we're on this tube and, and, and we're going and, and, and he's like, they, he slows down. He's like, they don't like the whole, no, no, they don't like it. These kids are like, they, they like their, they're like their mom. They're like steady Eddie and safety, you know, safety first, you know? And so like, they want to be handcuffed to the raft so that nothing bad happens, you know? And so we're going and 
I'm out on that thing and I, I jump in that lake off that tube and they, they go ape wild. Not my daughter, she's nine, but my six-year-old starts crying. You, you would have thought an alligator was gonna eat me up and, and just swallow me whole, right? There. That's, what he, that's what he thought. So he stayed in the boat the rest of the time. Then what he didn't really take into, fact, take into account was that Matt put him on a paddleboard and took him across the lake. And I don't know what he didn't realize it's a lot safer to be in a boat than to be on a paddleboard. <laughs> this is big. Um, but I realized in, in life, and one of the things that I would, I would, would say even about that picture, when you're doing the, the, the right thing and, and you're, you're doing the right thing, it's, it's good to do it with, with the right kind of people. And Matt said something to me this week that, I, that, really, that really burned in my mind, and I, I repeat it to Diane. I was sitting next to her when he texted me. But Matt said this, I have a, I have a lot of friends, but there are, only, there are only a few people I actually like to be around. I was like, that'll preach. Does that sit in? Like, you can have a lot of friends. You can have a lot of friends. You can have no friends. But you can be around a lot of people all day long, all the time, around a lot of people, and only have a few people that you actually enjoy being around. I want to say this to you about that. It's important for you to get around the right kind of people. It's just important. If you're around the wrong kind of people, you're going to get the wrong you're gonna, you're gonna get the wrong kind of results that you, that, you, that you want. There's results that you want, but you're on the wrong kind of people. It doesn't matter how bad you want the results. You're gonna become like the people that you're around. You're gonna become like the people that you're around. I was with the Nemetcos this week for ice cream. I wanna be around people who like ice cream. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, why wouldn't I? You know, I wanna, I wanna be around them. I, we had a good time just there. And you know what I, what I realized? Like, we don't, we don't agree on everything, and that's completely fine. We were talking about that, and I could tell there's differences between me and them. But I realized this, that they want to do the right thing, and I want to be around people that want to do the right thing. And you ought to be around people that want to do the right thing. And you actually become better for it. Get around a bunch of people that want to do the right thing and see what happens in your life. You actually become a little bit better. And so we've got to get to a place in our life where we actually want to do that. We actually want to be around that. And Dr. King knew that we needed everybody. It wasn't just a bunch of, uh, black, get a bunch of black people together and it's gonna work. He said, we need everybody. Anyone that's for right, we need them. Whether they're black, brown, white, red, everything in between, he says, we gotta get around a bunch of people that are doing the right thing and that's what's gonna help this cause to help our country. Let's take a look at this final clip. I, um, <clears throat> Dr. Martin Luther King knew that violence causes more violence. He knew that violence causes more violence and so his, his, was, his was a peaceful, his goal was, his intent was to have a peaceful, peaceful movement. It, I was watching the rolling, those rolling that last part of that movie and seeing this, this uh, white lady killed because she was driving these people back from, black people back from uh, this, this uh, speech there. And it just, that kind of stuff blows my mind. We don't see it. We see it in our culture. We're starting to see some things and we're living in, it's, it's, it's tough right now. There's, there's tension in our, in our country today and there's tension in our world. But here's what I know. Tensions never bothered me. I've lived in tension my whole entire life. I was talking to a buddy of mine, my dad's black, my mom is white. And um, when you're black and white, you can use the phrase black and white. I don't even know what's politically correct. Nothing about me is politically correct. So, but he said, this guy said to me, his name is Mekon, his dad's black and his mom is white and he never, he never knew his dad. He said, I feel like if I stood up for white people, I was flicking my dad off. And if I stood up for black people, I was flicking my mom off. And so I've lived in tension I lived in tension. I lived in, in, in color tension my whole entire life. None of you guys know what it's like to, to when they give you a, a, an application and whether you're supposed to circle black or white 
or Caucasian or other, I'm like circling both. Like, I don't even know, like I'm both, you know? So I'm like, where's both at? Like, as long as I've been alive, like where's both? Like I go to get a passport, I'm like, yes, all, all of them. Just all of them, just go ahead and circle all of them. Where's, they don't have brown on there, that's what I am. Like, I'm just, where's the, where's African American at? That's where I need to, where's that circle at, you know? And, but I've lived in that, I lived in that tension. Now I've, I've always lived in, in that tension. I, not just that tension, but I lived in tension. We all live in the tension of what is, what is right and what is wrong. We all live in that tension. We do, we, we're, we live, we're in a tension society. Be to be politically correct or to not be politically correct. There's a tension there. To do what's right, to be honest or to, to lie. We live in tensions. But one of the tensions that I know that I, I, I've resolved in my heart is, is when it comes to people and it comes to situations, I, I've resolved this tension with this one phrase and you've seen it a handful of times, the fact that love always wins. It always wins. It always wins. I've, in this church, there's probably about seven or eight couples that I've married. I'm gonna marry Matt and Witt in November. And in November, I'm gonna marry um, Mick and Jill. And, and maybe I've married them a few months ago and I'm gonna keep on marrying people as long as they'll allow me to marry them. But every time I sit down and I counsel couples, I say, I, we talk about conflict resolution. I, I said, if you just go to each other the way Jesus came to us and it's with open arms, like he came to us on the cross with open arms and his hands were pierced and his head was, was a crown thrown and shown. If we go to people with open arms, with love the way Jesus loved people, then that's always gonna win. That's a great way to go into to conflict resolution. I'm just know that the love's gonna win and I'm just gonna choose to love people. People who are ugly to me, I'm gonna choose to, to, to love them. My dad has always said, man, I don't care if they're black, white, I don't care what it is. I, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, we're gonna love all people. And we just, we just have always done that. So this whole church thing where we say we're gonna love all people at all times and all places, is kind of something that God put in my heart as a baby and it got transferred to me from my dad and, and, um, and, it, and it got transferred to him probably from his dad and I never met his dad and so I don't really know what that was like, but I know my grandpa, he loved all people. My grandpa was friends with blacks, whites, Spanish, Asians, everything else in between and rich people, poor people, Republicans, Democrats. He was friends to everybody. I knew that about my grandpa and here's what I know. My dad's the same exact way, and because my dad's the same exact way, then I, I'm the same exact way. Because here's what we know, and here's what they know, and here's what he knew, and maybe he knew. Love always wins. Love always wins, and and here, I'm not, I'm not political. You guys that have been here for two years, you know I'm not political, but here's what I know. Here's what I'll fix our country. <laughs> Wes, run for president. <laughs> no, that's not how, that'll break, that'll break things, okay? That will break things, I know that. Love will win. We start loving people, the people that hate us and the people that like us a little bit, we start loving those people, then we could do something. We can build some bridges with that. We, we can, we saw these, we saw these, we saw every color make that march. Every tribe, every tongue, we saw make the whole entire march. And they came together because they loved each other and something good happened. Here's what I know about this. Here's, here's our cause. Our, I, I'm here in Winter Garden I told this to Jeannie this morning, like I'm here because I wanna see all the winter garden and meet Jesus Christ as our savior. That's why I'm here. And so I'm only gonna do it one thing at a time. I'm only gonna reach one person at a time. I'm gonna love Joe and Shannon and I'm gonna hope, I'm gonna love them well and hopefully they're gonna love their neighbors and love them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna love Stephanie. It's easy to love Stephanie, but I'm gonna love Stephanie and that's what I'm gonna do. And hopefully she's gonna reach her neighbor and she's gonna reach her neighbor. And I'm just gonna love everyone that comes in these doors. I'm gonna love them, I'm gonna hug them. And, and I hope they're, and that's, that's, my, that's my like, that's my great strategic plan to reach the city. 
Like, this is incredible, Wes. You got it. Like, you got Wes is a genius. We got to write a book. Yeah, that's it. Like, I want to do that because Jesus calls us to love people. Here's what I wake up and see every single day. I, I, this, this graphic, it's on my computer. It's in our, it's in our headquarters. It, it's this. As I, we're praying that we would see 100 people come be a part of this movement with us called the church, called Hope Church. 100 people between now and January, between now and the end of this year, January 2018. That's what we're doing. The way you do that is you, you, you join the dream team. We did, we, we offer that class every other month. We offer it, it's a two week class, you join the dream team. Last week we had 25, last, uh, last month, 25 people go through dream team. So you can see that we only have four more options for it. Three more options. It'll be in, we're in, it'll be in July, we'll skip August, we'll be in September, we'll skip October, we'll be in November, just basically like that. It's every other month for two weeks. So, we're, so we got three more tries to get 25 more people to come be a part of the dream team. That's what we're gonna do. The next one is 50 decisions. We wanna see 50 people get, commit their life to Christ. We've seen almost 10 people commit their life to Christ in this, in this, in this, since, we, since we launched this. And then in 2018, we're gonna go to two services because there's not gonna be enough space in here in the parking lot to have everyone come at one time. So we're gonna have to do it twice. We're gonna do one at nine and one at 10.30. That's what we're gonna have to do. Or, or maybe it's not gonna work that. Maybe it's gonna be here. Maybe there's gonna be some other place that wants to let us use their facility. And we're gonna be here at 10.30 and we're gonna be somewhere else at 10.30. But we're gonna go to two services in 2018 because I just believe there are people out there that are dying to be loved by Jesus. And if the people of the church would love them, then they'll actually get to experience the Jesus that they're actually looking for. Does that make sense? We track in. That's that's pretty simple. That's that's in. That's it. That's that's the vision for our church. We want to love people. We want to see hundred people come be a part of this thing. We want to see people come to know Christ as their Savior. And we want to go to two services because we're not going to be all fitting here. That's it. Because we all we care about people. And I pass people every single day. They're dying and they're looking for Jesus. Last night, Stephen Lathan went to dinner right after church set up. Stephen walked in today. He goes, "Hey, I met a met a guy today. He's looking for church. People aren't looking for church. People are looking for Jesus, but they know they can find Jesus in a church." Does that make sense? So people are looking for Jesus and we have it. And at the core of who Martin Luther King Jr. was is there was a savior named Jesus. That was at the core of who he is. And God birthed that in him. God birthed these, these ideas into him. When you go, you can go online and hop on the computer and, and, and look up speeches and you can see he was for people. He was for people and we're gonna be for people. That's what we're gonna be. Every color, every tribe, every nation, we're gonna be for people because that's what God's called us to do, is to be for people. So we're gonna do just that, all right? If you wanna do that, you're in a good place. We're gonna be for people. It starts at home, moves our neighbors, our work, and we all gather here and celebrate all the people that we've been for all week long.